Hey everybody, I'm your host, Gene Marks, and this is season two of the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm a certified public accountant, a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications you may know, like The Guardian and The Hill and Forbes. But most importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company, and I teamed up with Paychecks, the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services, to bring you real-life stories and advice from real-life business owners and experts. Now, last season, we talked about the challenges associated with COVID-19, but this season, we're focusing on moving forward, innovating, trying to navigate the road to recovery. And joining me today is Bart Adlam, who is the co-CEO of Good Planet Foods in New York City. Bart, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here. Now, I said Good Planet Food or Foods with an S on the end. With an S on the end. That's what I thought. Okay, so it's Good Planet Foods. So you guys do plant-based uh, you know, products. Tell me a little bit about the products that you sell. Yeah, right now it's plant-based uh, cheese, which uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you about. Uh, and sure. products we have right now are uh, are pretty up the middle, like shredded uh, products and sliced products. So we've got like a, a cheddar, a mozzarella, uh, a nice Parmesan in, uh, on, the, uh, on, the, on the shredded side. Uh, so a number of... Uh, offerings that make it easy for a consumer that's looking to uh, to move away from dairy and into plant based. What exactly is plant based cheese like? How do you make it? So on a, a number of the uh, traditional products were nut based, which is an allergen, but uh, but more importantly, didn't deliver a great uh, a great melt. Uh, but ours is actually coconut based, and uh, and was able to break through that, and uh, and in the end, able to deliver consumers. Uh, a lot of the joy they get from uh, from dairy-based cheeses that they've eaten in the past. This is a, a category that people really enjoy. Sure. And uh, and for, for me, one of the most exciting things about uh, about being on this business and growing it is bringing that to more to more consumers. So you're you know, Bart, you you're based in New York City, is that correct? Yeah, we're very 2020 uh, company. We've got uh, uh, people in, uh, we're still a small company, but we've got people in California, Florida, New York, and uh, and the, most people are in uh, are in Seattle. So we're spread very much uh, around the country. Uh, some of the people I've added recently more in uh, around the New York area. Got it. And um, where do you guys do the, where do you make the cheese? Uh, we make it with a number of uh, co-packers. It actually, uh, uh, Greece is where we first made it. We're also making it in Wisconsin now. And how did you get into this? Uh, for me, I'm, a, I'm an operator. So I've worked in uh, packaged goods for a few decades now. And clearly plant-based is an area that uh, that's exciting to me, exciting uh, exciting to investors right now and exciting for consumers. So I, uh, I was looking forward to, uh, to getting a chance to drive a business like this. Cool. So you saw an area where you can make money. So are you a are you a vegan yourself? Uh, no, but I'm a, I would you call a flexitarian. So I try to uh, I try to avoid meats uh, the best I can. But I'm not uh, I'm not completely pure at this point. Yeah, I. It's funny that you say. It's like you do not have to necessarily be a vegan to be you know a great producer of vegan products. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, I, I'm wondering if like, if your community has any issues with that. I mean, that, that my daughter's a vegan, but she's pretty quiet about it. But I, you know, she shows me some of the, some of the communities that are out there. And some of them are like pretty, pretty tough, you know, as far as judgmental. And I don't, do you ever get that? There'd certainly be some, uh, and there hasn't been trade shows, right. In the, uh, in yeah. the few months I've been on. So, uh, that might be one reason I've been a little sheltered from it, but 
uh, you know, but I worked at uh, Siggy's, a dairy company, before we launched a plant-based offering. Uh, and th there's certainly going to be some that are cynical or view you as not not being pure. Our brand is a very inclusive brand, uh, and we certainly uh, deliver on what a vegan would be looking for. But you know, from a business opportunity standpoint, vegans are about three percent of the population. Right. Vegetarians another three percent, and then flexitarians are about thirty percent and growing. Uh, on top of that, so from a business perspective, it makes sense. But even from a personal perspective, and, and maybe this is because I'm not coming from a, a pure vegan side, I, I want to applaud people who are making positive moves, who are who are consuming less uh, less meat and less dairy, rather than tisk them or shame them for not doing more still. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's a continuing issue in my, I mean, I'm a carnivore. I love to eat meat and protein. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to know how it's made. And um, <laughs> I think a lot of people do it for different reasons. What, what, yeah. Of your customers, do you think people buy your products because for, for a health reason or for more of a social impact reason or combination of the two? I think health is still the lead at this point, but I think it's, uh, it's under a, uh, a cloud of concern around animal agriculture and a general understanding or growing understanding, let's say, that, uh, that that's not sustainable for the climate. Uh, so more and more people are, are uh, like, in, like on many health trends, some people are not even completely clear why they're doing it, but just that it's better for them and that they should do it because their cousin did it or sure. an influencer they followed uh, did it. But the environmental side, I think, is is additional uh, additional tailwinds for all of us in the, in the industry, and for all the right reasons. Uh, and and uh, change is needed. Change is clearly happening. And again, from our side, we'll welcome people, whatever stage they're at in that uh, in that journey. Yeah, no, I, I I get that. How long have you been doing this, Bart? Uh, doing this uh, with Good Planet's been yeah. a, just three months now. So wow. very, very new. I've brought in a number of people uh, quickly. We're growing very quickly as a business, basically tripling in size and looking to next year. I really think that's in our uh, in our sites again. Uh, so uh, we, we need to build up this team. We need to build up our capabilities. And that's one of the reasons I was excited to take on the uh, the task. Sure, sure. And as far as distributing the products, are you selling this stuff online mostly or do you have any type of retail partners? No, it's mostly retail, uh, although we're really just getting started. Uh, so, uh, for example, depending on where you are in the country, uh, Wegmans is a big uh, is a big customer for us, a great uh, a great food forward retailer, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, Price Chopper, we're actually the number one plant based uh, cheese at Price Chopper. Shoprite in the Northeast, uh, we're we're growing extremely fast. Uh, we're just rolling out to Jewel in uh, in more in Chicago area. Uh, we've also got some distribution at Costco and even Aldi's. So we're we're uh, across the country, but still have an enormous amount of white space to uh, to go after in 2021. That'll be uh, certainly the number one priority: expanding distribution. Sure. So you started this company up three months ago. So we're in the middle no, of a global Dave, pandemic. David Israel is the is the founder and co CEO. Okay. And he started it about two years ago. Okay. And and essentially got it to where it, like I, I didn't get that distribution uh, we just talked about over the last three months. That was already uh, all all the great work uh, that was in place. 
If you didn't have, I mean, if COVID wasn't going on right now and it continues to go on, how you, you, how different would your business be right now? The food service side would be uh, would be bigger still, and food service is a big uh, a, a big piece of the puzzle and a giant cheese category in the United States. Uh, on the on the grocery side, on the other hand, the the growth would probably be slower. Uh, the cheese category took off, not surprisingly, a lot of grocery items took off, but the cheese category took off when everybody, uh, to varying extents, uh, had to stay at home. Uh, and was doing their shopping uh, in, in grocery. Uh, and the plant-based cheese, which was growing much faster uh, before COVID, continued to grow much faster after. So in the last half year, plant-based cheese has grown 60%, 6-0% versus a year ago. And we're the fastest growing within plant-based. So, so we continue to, uh, to set the pace. What do you plan to do once this whole mess is over? Well, I, I think for all of us, we're, it's, uh, you can't sit there and wait for the magic moment that somebody declares everything's back to, back to normal food it's service. Not, it's not uh, a switch, right? It's a dial. <laughs> I think it's got to be a dial. And, <laughs> and there's clearly going to be, and this is on a much broader and more important scale than, uh, than packaged foods or, uh, or plant-based cheese specifically, but there's going to be change that's, uh, that's sustained. And some of it will be positive and presumably people will take some of the good things that uh, that came out of it uh, and uh, and move back to uh, where they were on some of the other areas. So as, as part of that, there, there's uh, clearly going to be a change in the, on the, on the food service side. Some of that will work great for us in terms of uh, pizza is a big, uh, a, a big part of where uh, food service would go. Uh, that piece is doing very well and coming back quickly. We need to be aggressive in pursuing that. But there's other avenues that we had some ground on that probably won't come back or not come back nearly as robustly. Uh, and uh, there may be opportunities that we're, and we are pursuing with partners where we uh, are supplying and ideally supplying with our brand on, on it uh, into food products that, uh, that are trying to offer plant-based alternatives or, or are exclusively plant-based. Uh, so, I guess that's a long answer to, to say we, it, it's we're not waiting for someone to give us permission to just go back to normal. We're adapting, uh, adapting as we go. Certainly focusing more on e-com as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so Bart, look, I mean, you're 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 are you running this out of your home in New York? I'm assuming you don't lease office space. Yeah, it's, I, I uh, hate to think of uh, running it out of here, but effectively, yep, that's, yeah. uh, that, that's, well, that's what and, we're doing right now. Yeah, you and so many millions of others. I mean, that's that's yeah. completely fine. And you've got employees all over the country and you're manufacturing in different places as well. And you're selling some online, you're selling to distribute. You've got all these kind of balls in the air. So, um, I because everybody's got their list. So I got to ask you, like, what is, like, give me like one or two of your biggest headaches that you've got going on, like right now, like just... You know, mine, I'll, I'll tell you right, mine right now, I've been having these discussions about what we can be doing to generate more leads for my my technology business, you know, and it's a headache because I don't feel like the lead flow is good enough. And I'm kind of curious, like what, you know, is there an employee issues? Is there, you know, cash flow? Is it a marketing issue? Tell me, tell me something. You know, part part of it, I'm right in uh, maybe towards the the end of what I would consider the classic honeymoon period, which is the first three months taking on an assignment. Right. Uh, and you see all the possibilities. There's excitement around what you're bringing to the business. 
And, you know, when I ask a friend about how they're liking a new assignment, I essentially discount what they say for the first three months because almost nobody goes in and wants to say, even if it's, even if they, even if they have some concerns on my side, it's really been a fantastic experience. There's so much opportunity on this, been able to put together a, a, a really star all-star team working with David's been fantastic. And, uh, and I think we're going to be able to work that much quicker working uh, shoulder to shoulder from opposite coasts, if you will. Uh, so all that said, I, I think it's less something that's been a headache at this point. Yeah. And certainly something I have in my uh, in my sights is we're going to be growing this business extremely quickly and we've got to keep up from a, from a supply chain side. Uh, so a lot of work and energy is going to make sure that we don't get ahead of ourselves on uh, on the on the revenue side, on the sales side. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of growth that's going to come very quickly there. Uh, that we that we keep up from uh, uh, from from being able to work with uh, a cold packer network across the country to uh, to deliver all that. You know, I I can't imagine like also like a major stress is that you mentioned this three month honeymoon period. So like David brought you on, you're a co CEO, you know, you're CEO of this this company, and um, you've had three months to kind of get up to speed and know it. And at some point, right, he's going to want to start seeing results, you yeah. know, yeah. and you start feeling you know you you feel that pressure because it's you know it's completely reasonable at this point in time so like so for other people that join up with partners in businesses what you know what would you what kind of advice would you have about about communicating with those partners and what kind of advice would you have about sort of managing your partner's expectations so that nobody gets uh too ahead of themselves as to what they can expect from somebody even in their first year yeah, I think it's a great it's a great question, and I think it's going to depend very much on who that partner is and how realistic their expectations are. With me, honestly, right now, I think it's uh, reminding myself what a reasonable expectation is after three months. Uh, I think David's been extremely supportive and extremely happy with the the the, the progress we've made. Uh, but I, but I think you can imagine two different uh, types of partners, as you said, when you when you come on a part, whether they're investors or a co-CEO, et cetera, uh, a kind of partner that's just like very impressed to get an operator into a business that uh, that, that knows, uh, knows where to go, sees things happening and is excited by the progress, whether that's one month or one month or three months in. Uh, and another one that's like, Geez, I, you know, I, I brought you in and the business still is where it was before you came in and it's been two months already. Uh, so, I, so, so I think that honestly, there could be uh, examples where you just have to uh, remember what's worked for you before what, and why you're doing what you're doing. And whether it's managing your own expectations or your, uh, or your partners, it's, it's uh it, it's about making sure everyone's in alignment all along with why you're doing what you're doing, where you're going. And, uh, uh, and, and I would say from the beginning, make sure the expectations are reasonable. I didn't have to do it on this one, but it's certainly a good idea in the first couple of months. If you see challenges to call them out, don't, don't be shy to call them out because if you wait uh, four months, five months, then you own them. I mean, you might own them either way, but you own the responsibility for them. Yeah, it's great advice. Um, and again, a lot of us have to deal with dealing with with partners and their different expectations, and it makes it um, people are different. You have to know who you're getting into business with before you jump into it. 
Um, before I let you go, I, I know that you guys have been expanding internationally as well. And I'm kind of curious to hear from you how that's going, you know, what mistakes you might have made or what advice you might have for another business like yours um, that wants to sell overseas. Yeah, so I've got lots of experience internationally, but David's actually been uh, been managing this. This is one of the advantages of having the co-CEO type of structure. So our, our first and second priority is clearly going to remain the USA. This is a, 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 a huge category, a $40 billion category in the US, uh, and we're just getting started on it. So we don't want to uh, we don't want to get distracted by international opportunities, but there is really strong interest in plant based and specifically in plant based cheese, uh, and our product is a special product. So we're getting attention, and we are uh, taking advantage of the opportunities. I don't want to say that come to us, but that that are available to us. Uh, for example, we're shipping to Canada, Japan, South Korea, the Middle East. Uh, not huge volume right now. Uh, but uh, but profitable business and obviously uh, a number of those geographies could be uh, could be significant for us as we develop. What do you guys use to accept for payment when you're shipping overseas? Uh, well, usually this is going to go through some distributor and okay. and it's going to be a more a more traditional model. Got it. So it could be like a U.S. distributor where you're paying them and then they're the ones that take care of the international shipments? Well, this is one of the challenges with taking on international is it's uh, seldom as simple as... Yeah. Your current, your your initially presented, and I think that's part of the discipline that we have to have is, you know, taking advantage of the ones that are uh, where we have a partner that we trust that can take things on for us, or there's a distributor that can truly deliver that kind of simplicity, and knowing when to press eject when uh, when you get drawn into something that might uh, not be as clean as that. Bart Adlam is the co-CEO of Good Planet Foods. Based, he's based in New York City. Bart, what's your website for Good Planet? Uh, goodplanetfoods.com. Sounds like it makes sense. I appreciate you coming on, Bart. That's really helpful information and um, would love to hear how you're doing over the next couple of years. I mean, you're in the right place. Um, before I let you go, Bart, just got to ask you, are, are you getting the plant-based Whopper or are you going for the regular one? <laughs> I haven't had a Whopper in a while. I think I'd give a, I'd give the plant-based one a draw. Sounds, sounds, like, okay. uh, sounds like it'd be a good one. See, my feeling is like I hardly ever have Whoppers. So if we're going to have a Whopper, I'm probably just going to go for the for the, maker, the regular one. But that's that's up for discussion. Um, <laughs> Bart, thank you very much. Uh, for more great podcast episodes from the Paychecks Business Series podcast and other information to help you run your business, please visit paychecks.com forward slash works, W-O-R-X. I'm Gene Marks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc., 2020, all rights reserved.